Hey, 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 everyone. Did you miss my voice? It is Aziza Gore. Um, and with me, I have my beautiful co-host, Sarah, Sarah Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed your voice, for the record. I Thank you. <laughs> Quarantine has been rough. Um, but yeah, guys, this is Shame and Being. Um, our... A podcast series on shame and how it affects just like it's just so like permeated within our society and all the different ways that like it like impacts our experience so um we've been trying to just kind of unpack that in small segments and today we are uh, diving into the fun the one the only purity culture Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, uh, before we open that, <laughs> how have you been? Um, so give me, like, some quarantine, like, sneak in of your life. Yeah, um, I have started growing a lot of plants. Yes. I, yes, I have a bunch of succulents now. I also am growing green onions. Um, You're killing it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. See, see, Haley and I have been cranking out TikToks for CCW, and it seems to be going relatively well, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been a whole thing. We actually have some Enneagram TikToks coming out soon, which I'm very excited about. Oh, for um, sure. Yes. Um, been cooking, you know? Mm. I did that before, but I've been cooking a lot more. Um, I've gotten into making my own pasta sauce, like roasting the tomatoes and garlic in the oven, and like oh, um, that's really fun. Yeah, so there's some yeah fun quarantine times for me. I TikTok and plants have honestly been, I think, the mark of quarantine. Mm. Like TikTok is thriving right now. Truly is like yeah, it's and it's so, I mean. It's a social phenomenon, right? I can't like, figure it out. If I'm being honest with you, I've tried. I think I just like have been stuck on the dance TikToks, and I haven't really explored the other side of TikToks. Yeah, because it sorts you, but you have to swipe for about thirty minutes for it to sort you, and then you'll get on plant TikTok or gay TikTok or straight TikTok or dance TikTok or like yeah. cottage and it, like TikTok finds your people. Or- Right, yeah, Christian TikTok. Straight TikTok sounds terrible. Like, no offense to the heterosexuals out there, but that <laughs> sounds like an unenjoyable time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. There are these, like, sounds that will go around, and it's like, if you don't know these, then you're on straight TikTok. If you don't know these, then you're on gay TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, how to know where you are. <laughs> how to know your label <laughs> and sometimes I hear things and it does it for other ones too but sometimes mm-hmm. I hear things and I'm like what is going on like are y'all yeah. okay in that sector of TikTok like yeah I yeah. and the thing is too it's like we've been in quarantine but also like with the Black Lives Matter movement there, like there's mm-hmm. been a lot of things happening and with like having to be inside and Mm -hmm. so it is cool to see how like social media has like 
just like really taking a stand in like a in a not invasive but like an in your face way like an inescapable kind of way i think mm-hmm. yeah and particularly like so i don't know if you heard about this um and not to get too political so i'm just gonna stay facts but donald trump had a rally in tulsa mm-hmm. um like around the same time as some different um historical racial events anniversaries mm-hmm. And a bunch of people on TikTok reserved seats for his event. Oh, I have heard of that. Didn't I, I go. heard of that. And yeah, so like he had set up an overflow space that just got canceled. And then like the arena was like really yeah. relatively empty. And it was just. Big. The power of the people. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like in online spaces is crazy to me. And mm-hmm. it's like. Like, it's, like, at a point where you have to adapt or you just get, like, left behind. And so it's also been cool to see how, like, churches are, like, trying to um, just, like, meet the people where they are, like, with their, like, online services. Especially, I mean, it was, like, cool for CCW because we were already, like, like doing things in online spaces but like I just think about the churches who have had to just like completely just like change and you know just like I can just imagine them like scrambling in their like little church boardrooms just like (laughs) trying to figure out like what to do yeah yeah and particularly I think if you have churches that are like people who aren't as digitally native in charge. Like yeah. I, I can imagine that was really stressful. Like I know yeah. like my, my grandfather made a Facebook so that he could watch the services that the church wow. he goes to was screaming. Like, because wow. he didn't have one before. And so like, that's crazy was, to me that he didn't have one. Yeah. He'd, he'd resisted, you know, strictly email. <laughs> what, like wanted. Yahoo? Like what uh, email account? It's you like, know? It's like Century like Link. A wall or something. Oh, <laughs> Century Link. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't heard of that one. I haven't heard of that one. They're an internet service provider that I guess also will let you make an email through them. Good for <laughs> them, so I guess. He yeah. Uh, he doesn't really text and like so you have to call him, mail him something, or email. Yeah. Um, now he's and on like, Facebook. Though. Those people like like are in like people like your grandfather are in the church they're a part of the congregation and the church has to like shepherd mm-hmm. that and and i just think of like the church and and that's like like a core part of church too is like shepherding your people and mm-hmm. like sliding into purity culture like the church has really dropped the ball on like shepherding young women um in so many ways with that conversation and just like has caused so much so much trauma that like still Mm -hmm. is like and then i think now we thankfully are like leaning into space where churches are um like recognizing like the roles that they've played and like some of the damages that they've caused and like are trying to create spaces where um people can actually like begin to heal from that but like what what a whirlwind yeah like a pandora's box if you will 
Yeah, the way the church has talked about sex and sexuality has generally been purity culture, and it's been terrible for women. I think it's also been yeah. bad for men. But right. Like, and I think it's been bad for queer people and non-binary and agender individuals yeah. as well in so many ways. Yeah. But if you were socialized as a woman, it really did a number on you. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Do you remember some of, like, um, like, growing up in church, do you remember some of like your early conversations around purity culture like hearing like sermons or anything Mm, that's a good question um i i can't like tell you that like this is the moment i remember hearing about this or like Mm -hmm. knowing things but i remember really early on getting lots of messages that women needed to be passive and submissive Mm. and like aware of what they were wearing because you didn't want to cause men to stumble like you don't want to be a stumbling block because men are visual creatures they like to say that a lot I remember hearing that a lot I had a lot of like issue with the whole passive submissive role you're supposed to take in some of that Mm -hmm. Because I remember having, like, a conversation with a friend whenever I had to have still been in elementary school or just, like, in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, can you give me lessons on how to be a girl? Because, like, I was just awful at that. And I didn't totally get it, like, how you're supposed to be, you know, complementarian theology, submissive and passive and, like, you know, demure. But then also, like, it's your job to keep men from being lustful towards you and if you're in a relationship hold them in check and like you're supposed to withhold sex and whatnot like that's young yeah like be passive like you're the gatekeeper but also you're the gatekeeper right yeah like but then let let him lead you once you're married and and all other things right (laughs) that's so backwards makes no sense it's completely illogical yeah i yeah i like I I think my earliest memory is like with modesty. Mm. I yeah, because I remember just like, um, just like the, being told to like cover up, mm-hmm. um, as a child, like because my shoulders were out. I or like oh um, the shoulders, the shoulders. I remember my mom was very adamant about me not showing my knees. Mm. And I remember when I first started showing my knees, I was in high school Mm. and I felt sexy. (laughs) Yeah. But also scandalous. Like I was like, Oh my God, my knees are out right now. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I feel that because like I, I don't know shoulders were always a thing where I was from like you said shoulders were a thing and I remember when I like which is so weird right can we pause on that shoulders Shoulders yeah who decided like that shoulders were sexy at all like I it's not even like your shoulders don't change your shoulders are the same (laughs) your whole life also men have shoulders men do have shoulders (laughs) men do Men also have nipples, but the world isn't ready to hear that. Yeah, we're not going to dive into that conversation <laughs> yet. But, like... <laughs> but, yeah, no. 
I remember when I, it's just been the last few years, I started, like, showing my shoulders on the regular, and I was like, I am edgy, I am extra, oh, yeah. <laughs> I am hot, like, yeah. come and get me, like, watch this, <laughs> um, which is so dumb, but, like, um, yeah, like, it's, I it's almost liberating, in a sense, too, right, like, mm-hmm. but depending on your context, because I remember sometimes I would be in front of, like, older women, and then all of a sudden, I was, like, tugging at my skirt and really uncomfortable. hmm You know, and, like, really nervous and shame-filled. Well, and speaking of, like, the way they should, like, and then if you're wearing something that was in your childhood's early years, like, deemed promiscuous, mm-hmm. and then if you have an interaction with, like, a man where, like, you're uncomfortable, your mm-hmm. instinct is to put the blame on yourself. You're like, well, because I showed right. my shoulders, like, I showed right. my knees, which feeds into victim blaming in the church and, like, how poorly the church tends to handle sexual assault, like. Right, right. I, yeah, so this article that I was looking at on, uh, it is a, uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier, I was like, yeah, this is a very thorough article it's just like truly (laughs) just like this so it's on medium and it's called um how sexual shame overtook a generation by joe forrest and he talks about in this article how um lust and sexual desires are considered to be like normal but also like expected struggles for men Mm -hmm. um and it, like, goes back to what you were saying, where it, like, places so much um, responsibility on the woman. And, and it's not even taking into account the fact that women also have very natural sexual desires. And so now mm-hmm. we're not only, like, like, having to, like, manage our own, like, internal conflict um, and like temptation, but now we're having to like be held accountable for someone else's. Yeah, well, and because it's never talked about that women have sexual desires, like you feel like you're alone in it, and like you're bad right. and like dirty somehow. Right, like, right. For having all these thoughts, and like, also and then, you're supposed to be passive. Yes. Right. So like, and so how do you let you? Yeah. So then you get into this thing where you're like letting this man lead you also you're supposed to stop him but also you might be interested but also you're not because now your purity and your righteousness is at stake and then yeah and then you're like at war with your own body and desires yeah like and you just are filled with shame and you're confused and yeah you don't if you're a woman you probably don't feel like you can go to anyone and be like hey i have a lot of sexual feelings right because that's not seen as good. Like, yeah. cause it's horrific. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah, being at war with your own body is one of the most like disheartening thoughts for me to like, even like, mm-hmm. like begin to like grasp. It's just so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the lack of like ownership women get to take of their bodies in purity culture, right? Because you are supposed to like be giving your full self 
to yeah. some man who you may or may not know and you don't know what he likes. Yeah. But you just need to be good enough for him. And if you right. can never like own your own body, like yeah. how can you feel good about it and yourself? And if you're constantly like criticizing every action you make. Yeah. Like just feeds into I, this like negative self-esteem and self-worth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like, I want to like touch on what you said when you said you're supposed to be giving your full self to this person. A part of purity culture, I feel like, is just, like, this lie that we are, um, that we are, like, limited, right? And, 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 like, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but that, like, you give a piece of yourself, and now you are less. Mm -hmm. And that part is gone now. That part is now belonging to someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, that just, like, for me personally, like, conflicts with my belief that we are in abundance. And and not even just abundance, but that we are, like, this constant, this, like, ever-flowing, that we don't run out, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, like... And and it just makes you so much more, like, territorial and, like, guarded about, like, yourself and, and, like, and the way that you're choosing to invest into people. Um, And even then, it's, like, and if you happen to be less disciplined, now, now that's a reflection on not only your character, but your relationship with God and your intimacy with God. And now Mm -hmm. your worth as a person. And it's, like, this this snowball effect of like it's not just this one thing it's like now this this claim on who you, on your identity mm-hmm. so when i was i guess i guess i was in maybe i was in mm, seventh eighth grade i want to say yeah. eighth grade um the church i was in the lady who had been our children's church leader. Of course, we were all kind of in youth at this point, but she had a daughter around my age, another one a couple years younger than me. She did a, like, girls' Bible study with all of us. Mm -hmm. And at one point, she had us make this list. I still have this list, by the way, because I kept the Bible study. And now I look back at it, and I'm like, what in the world was this? But we made a list of, like, all the ways having sex can, like, be a problem if you're not married right and on it we wrote things it was like damages your integrity and like wow like it is a you lose personhood when you have sex in evangelicalism wow like you there is a moral shortcoming that you now have like yeah your whole like if that gets found out who you are and your standing in the community like yeah. the ability to like be an active participant in that wow, community yeah. falters yeah. like yeah. your integrity like that's so like like you said this idea that you're losing pieces of yourself and like your worth like that's deeply problematic because no one else gets to tell you what your worth is one like exactly. evangelicalism is structured in a way that your worth as a young woman is dictated by whether or not you have had sex or how much you have done. Right. And 
that's infuriating and unacceptable because people are more than whether or not they have done a thing. Right. Absolutely. Five five minutes when you're 16 does not change who you are as a person fundamentally, generally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's such, it's just such a dangerous road that, that people are not, choosing to go into oftentimes right like people like you're being grabbed like when you're a child before you like Mm -hmm. even are like understanding of what sex is you're told you don't do this and that's Mm -hmm. that's it that's the conversation don't do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and it's just like um i have so many questions you know and and you're told, well, if you have questions, then that shows your interest. And your interest is a sin. You're a sinner. Mm, Hell. Yeah. You know, or like, and that's just so, uh, that's just like creating such a complex that like, no wonder, you know, people who like leave the church or even like are still within the church and trying to like reconcile that, like are having such a hard time. Um navigating sexual spaces because now it's like you're having to like weed yourself out from like what I was told when I my brain was still forming and what do Mm -hmm. I really think and what are my convictions and like and you might even find that like oh actually I do want to be celibate and I do want to like um like withhold this from like my like dating life and current romantic partners until I like and in that like kind of committed marriage and or maybe you decide actually casual sex might be my thing and that's actually like not something that weighs on my heart you know like I don't feel like that's like an ethical Mm -hmm. issue as long as you know there's consent and you know it like and it's just like purity culture is so much to like yeah so so much So question, speaking of like consent and conversations around sex, did your parents ever have a conversation with you about consent and sex and like anything beyond don't do it? Did your church ever have a conversation with you beyond don't do it? Uh, Absolutely not. My mom, my parents didn't say anything to me about sex. My, my, I've never talked to my parents about sex um, or about consent. Uh, we talked about sex in youth group, not about consent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that is like, so, like, I think like we just like get ourselves in this rabbit hole where we've created so much shame around sex that like, we don't want to talk about it because shame does this thing where it's like, leave me in the dark right like you can't relate to it like this like this is just going to like cause people to reject you so like let's Mm -hmm. like isolate ourselves even further and so no one's having these conversations and so then people are just like making ill-informed decisions they're just being ignorant they're making ignorant choices that are harmful yeah like and now there are like there are women out there who 
and men, you know, too, who just like have, have been sexually abused and either not even recognize that they've been sexually abused because they haven't like understood like the gravity of consent or <laughs> they have, but like now they just have this wound to carry because mm-hmm. someone wasn't, someone didn't have a conversation about no means no or body like you know like if you have to convince someone that's not cool you know mm-hmm. yes if you've asked five times it's it's not consent like it's yeah if, if, you, if you've asked the same things and have been told no four times and you ask the fifth time, like that's not if there is hesitation like, like just don't do it just don't do it like like you will be okay yeah like, <laughs> it's not like, even like <laughs> it's not yeah that five minutes is not worth your yeah just like you'll be cool like just you know it's not worth the harm the the baggage that you like are now enacting on someone or that you now have to carry in mm-hmm. yeah and it's just it's so hard you talked about like you know holding these things from when you were socialized like mm-hmm. we ask people to commit to this before they really have a sex drive right like yeah you're like you know you're like 10 and most people aren't super in touch with their sexuality at 10 yeah like or like not like in enough like sexual space like where that's like even being tempted right right and so you're like oh yeah i'll do that and then you're like 15 and you're in the back seat of a car and you're like yeah like you know yeah i agreed to this at this point but i didn't know what i was agreeing to right but your brain was still and now you feel guilt yes yeah yes and now you feel guilty or you know i mean i i've read some books where there are people who like did it all right right according to you you know you wait till you're married right and then like there was one woman who like broke out in hives every time she had sex because she was wow. just so freaked out about it. And there are other women who like can't have sex and there are men and women who have very unfulfilling sex lives and they both like can't perform yeah. because they just feel so much shame because you're just supposed to be able to flip some switch when you're married. Because right. marriage somehow makes it good and sacred and is implied consent, which is deeply problematic because marriage is not consent. But that's the way the church structures it, which is why they never have the consent conversation. Because their assumption is that you will wait till you are married and then con- marriage is consent, but it is not consent. Marital rape oh. is a thing. Uh, where is your podium? Oh my goodness. <laughs> where is uh, uh, CNN? Where is... Uh, this needs to be broadcasted. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just it's, like... Uh, I just like... Uh, I'm still, like, taking that in. There was something you said that I wanted to touch on, though. Um, Now I'm, like, distracted by your rant. Can you go back for me? Can I go back? Going back. um, Marital rape is a thing. The church doesn't talk about consent because in their world, marriage is consent. Um. Do you know what it was about exactly? It was right before that. It was right before that. 
And now I'm just like, it's cool. We can sit here and think about this for a second because we can edit this part out. Yeah, he can edit it. I'm trying to think about, like, see, talked about, like, blanking. I asked you if your parents ever talked to you about sex. It was somewhere in between that, though. Right after, right before you got on your rant. No, it's okay. We can just keep going. If it comes back to you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. If it comes back to one of us, we can... Yeah, oh, it's gonna bother me. I feel like it's like right there in my brain too. Cause it was like, like right, yeah. I like. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be able to remember. If you have hope, I'll wait for you. You know, maybe it'll come back. You know, okay. if it comes back to one of us in a few days or something, we could always, like, real quick, like, be like, insert this. <laughs> <laughs> Putting Andrew to work, work. <laughs> you know, he'll be okay. I love that guy. Um, Say, you're great, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we can go back. Um, yes. Oh, was it? This might have been too early, but was it about how, like, then if you're put, like, when you're socialized to be in the backseat of a car and you're agreeing to something and you don't know what you're agreeing to, but then, like, later you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm so sure anymore. Like, and then you feel shame about it. Yes. There it goes. Okay. All right. So. All right, so Brene Brown talks about how shame is not an effective way to get anyone to do anything. And so shame is like the one of the most core components of purity culture, mm. right? And so it like perpetuates all of the shame about sexuality and your body and your worth but it doesn't actually like it doesn't actually compel you to be more disciplined in your sexual life it doesn't actually make you like like it just like you just start finding creative ways to try to like fulfill those sexual desires like mm-hmm. ways that are more hidden right and so like the like shameful like excessive masturbating that um was like mentioned in the article or like um he was actually talking about how in his youth group his youth group leader told him and a bunch of other young boy students that they should um wait for a wet dream yes yeah wait for a wet dream just wait until until you until you just dream about sex and let that be like your your substitute right like Mm -hmm. and it's like and then the author was talking about how he prayed for sex dreams Mm -hmm. so that he could like have that like escape 
but then like it didn't it, it wasn't fulfilling actually because it's not gonna be you know and now like it's just it's just like putting putting a boulder in your body for no reason other than to mm-hmm. just like be weighed down like it like shame serves no real purpose it serves the purpose of attempted social control but all it really does is harm people right right like, like, right, but it's... then there's also the thing of like shame, shame begats shame. So even the people who are using it to control, I don't believe, like actually have a secure sense of self either. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, why do you think like evangelicals are like so like this is the way we believe and everyone needs to believe like this and this is right? Yeah, because if they give a little then the whole dom- the whole system falls apart for them. Right. And what does that mean for you as someone who's placed your identity in this? Mm-hmm. Right? right. Like, and that's a conversation. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, admitting you're wrong is hard. Yeah. Admitting you're wrong is hard when who you are is based on being right about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to young Sarah? Like, if you could... If you could get to young Sarah before the evangelicals did, oh, purity I mean, culture... I've been, I mean, I was in church since I was less than a week old. It'd be hard to get there before they got there. Yeah, that's true. If you could get there right on time. <laughs> um, you post your first... Your first shame in your first like sexual shame experience if you could like talk to yourself post that your body is your own and there is nothing wrong with what you're feeling right now yeah Ooh, that made me teary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would you say to, to young Aziza if you could catch her before before purity culture did? Before purity culture. Um, yeah, I would just say they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> You're going to be okay, baby. <laughs> yeah. And I would tell is- myself that often. Like, if I could, I just, I just was, just, just believed people mm-hmm. who did not know. Right. And what's been interesting, like, saying that, hearing you said, is, like, some of them have come out and said we don't know. Like, Joshua Harris, yeah. I kissed dating goodbye, wrote an apology statement and was like, I am sorry it's too right. late for me to say I'm sorry, but I am sorry. Right. And, like, there's a whole documentary on it. And then some other people who founded right. purity culture movements. Right. Come out and then, like, we're sorry. Like, we, I think even in, like, Joshua Harris's statement, he was like, I'm sorry that I gave you a less than biblical view of yourself and promoted things that weren't actually in the Bible or my own personal, like, as the, if they were biblical. Wow. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Say- yeah, it was something along those lines. Like, that was the message I got from it. 
But like, that's the thing. Like we are human. We are flawed. We have biases. And I, yeah, I think that is like a message that I would give to myself throughout my life. And that's a message even Mm -hmm. now that I'm still trying to like really digest and have to like keep coming back to that. I decide the life that I want to live. This is my body. I have full autonomy over it. And Mm -hmm. God lives within this body. And and God has has sanctioned me to decide what to do with it. It's not just like that God is this this otherworldly thing that I just have to like... I just pledge full obedience to and now I have to like sit and like figure out the will and like and now this is like my own personal like what I believe right um, yeah but like I I think that that God is good and that in that God is is present not even just present but just like interwoven within all aspects of life that mm-hmm. There is, there is no way that our bodies, our sexualities, things that are natural to human and nature, right? The good things, like true human nature that I believe is good. I, yeah, I don't think it can be. I don't think that's sinful. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right, the right term. I think that's very harmful language to start using. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, I would just tell myself that I'm good. And that I get to decide, and that goodness is not escapable, and that I get to decide how how that how that's expressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, shame, you know, <laughs> shame and purity culture. <clears throat> it's a whole thing. Because the thing is, like we could talk for another three hours on this like absolutely yeah like this has only begun to scratch the surface of right there's still like the conversation of femininity and masculinity and right and like how the patriarchal nature nature of purity culture does harm to men as well and like because i mean we are not men so it's hard to speak for that perspective and like there's queer people and like it just there's right which it's just there's so many layers to it and it affects so many different people in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Yeah. Like, but at the very, the very least, I hope that this like can spark conversation, either like conversation within people themselves or like within their social spaces of like mm-hmm. the shame that they see and like begin to like unpack that in a healing way. And, um, on the voyage to wholeness, I think. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, on the voyage to recognizing that we are whole. I think I'd rather phrase it that way. Yes. And that no one can take that wholeness away from you. And you cannot give yeah. that wholeness away. Right. Like, yes. You are originally good and whole and always will be good and whole. Mm, that's comforting. Yeah. All right, everyone, write that on your mirror. That's your homework. <laughs> we should just give homework from now on. So you're saying, yeah, that's 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 what we're gonna do. Um, 
hey, if you made it this far, thanks. <laughs> yes, thanks for, for listening to all of that. Yeah. I, sparked something in you. You could feel a little less yeah. alone and shamed. And take a breath, because this is a lot. You know, do some breathing. Um, drink some water. Drink water. I say that water. as I don't remember the last time I drank water. <laughs> and I'm always so, like, compassionate about people drinking water. I am severely dehydrated. <laughs> Dude, go get yourself a cup of water. Absolutely. Right now. Right now. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.